0: what is going on guys jb here with code fellowship i'm really excited to bring you guys another episode and actually disclaimer this is a re-recording of an episode that i did with robert gus uh, from coherence Uh, we originally had a, a really awesome episode but for some reason the audio wasn't working properly on my side So it kind of felt like a one-sided conversation. Uh, We believe in God's will and his sovereignty and just how he uh, works things out. And I think it might be for the best. Maybe God has something else in store with this version of the episode. Um, Do plan on doing some snippets of that. Great testimony over in that episode, much fuller length of, of Robert's testimony as a Christian and a developer, uh, which I'm sure we'll get a smaller snippet of in the conversation for today. Um, I've kind of introduced him a little bit, but I'll let him introduce himself again. Uh, What's your name, where you're from, uh, where you work at, and how did you get into programming?
1: Yeah, so thanks again for having me on, uh, J.B., my name is Robert Gus. I'm originally from South Florida. Uh, I am a DX engineer, a developer experience engineer at a very early stage startup called Coherence. i um, been working there for a couple months now. And um, I got into programming when I was like 29 years old. Wow. So late maybe, starter. Yeah, very late. Um, <clears throat> Basically, I graduated. I went to college a little late. I started college when I was 24, so once I graduated from college, I graduated in, like massive amounts of debt, and then um, those student loan bills came in, and I realized uh, I need to be making a lot more money. So uh, I had always been pretty good with computers, but never programmed. Just doing a lot of like IT stuff and played a lot of computer games and stuff like that, um, and then um at that time there was like these well there's like boot camps they're still around today but boot camps were like super popular then and i started looking into some of those and realized i couldn't really afford that either so i basically locked myself in my room for like three months and put myself through my own boot camp which i do not recommend by the way this like (laughs) (laughs) like, it was intense yeah like i didn't talk to my girlfriend i like barely called her uh, it was like seven days a week, even on Sundays, which I've since repented of. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but that's yeah, that's funny. that's basically it. I mean, I needed money and I started off doing it motivated by money. And then like as I was learning, it, I was like realized that I actually really enjoy it. I really love it. And I'm actually pretty good at it. And the rest is history. I've been doing it for like eight years now. So
0: Awesome. Yeah, I agree with you in terms of, like, the whole self-bootcamp stuff. Now, for me, I have prior experience, like, with just web design and um, from a WordPress industry and using mm-hmm. no-code tools and then just designing using mock-up software and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And being able to develop it with these tools, so obviously using HTML, CSS, Uh, Has to still be used uh, to be able to manipulate uh, certain things and learn how to incorporate certain elements that may not uh, be available to you because of the tool doesn't have it yet. And I noticed a lot about uh, seeing like JavaScript is a key component when it comes to like I didn't know what manipulating DOM was at the at first, and I knew about jQuery. But I didn't know what manipulating the DOM either was at the time. It's just this like weird term that I've never heard until later uh, in life. And I try to teach myself to get more efficient with CSS, with HTML. A lot of that obviously came with the years that I've been doing it but like learning javascript like oh okay just copy and pasting code snippets and -hmm. trying to figure out how can i modify it was not the greatest thing either um but i was like okay i need to go to a more structured class i ended up going to a coding boot camp unlike you you taught yourself using the free resources now which one did you use did you use a free code camp or did you just watch uh, plenty of youtube videos or went on udemy um you had a really good episode that recently came out at the time of this recording where you talked about like uh, i think it was like was it tutorial you're learning. course you're hell?
1: yeah you're, yeah it's called you're learning too much
0: yeah you're learning too much and mm-hmm. it was the name of the episode but you you mentioned this term there about like uh course or tutorial hell like you just yeah feel like you constantly have to uh purchase these different courses and tutorials but you barely don't even finish them you start and you feel like the concepts like it was a really good episode i'll link it down guys for you guys to check it out um and listen to it Uh, but i'm sure he'll give us a little bit of insight of his process there
1: yeah i mean so the thing the hard thing about teaching yourself is that you don't know what you don't know right and even, even now, I feel like it's probably even, it maybe it's gotten a little bit easier, but there's so much information out there now. There's so many people creating content, trying to help people get into web development. There's so many like online boot camps and courses and videos and like content creators. Like, you don't know who's right, who's wrong. You don't know whether or not it's outdated. If it's this, like, you just don't know. And so for me, the only thing that I, that helped was because I was trying to go to this boot camp. like I put down, I was accepted, I put down the deposit and everything. So I got like early access to some of their resources, including, so they gave us like some PDFs of some books to read Mm. and like kind of like a curriculum of like, here's all the stuff we're gonna teach you. And so I basically just took that and found the resources online to teach me those concepts through, I took a lot of Udemy courses I read a handful of books, not, like, all the way through, just, like, looking through chapters of, like, the, st- the specific thing I needed to know. That's a and, skill. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's something, I mean, it's not like I did this all, like, day one, right? It's not like I just, like, figured it all out. Like, it was, um, I mean, Great when I say. Scott. yeah when i say like i taught taught myself in like three months i mean at the end of those three months i still knew like absolutely nothing like it's not like i was just like some whiz and i could do anything i wanted um but i felt like i had enough confidence to start doing like freelancing work which is what i started doing so i started doing client work for free or like very very little money on upwork like 50 bucks i'll build this or a hundred dollars because the way I, I was only looking for the experience and then I justify it where basically like if you weren't super pleased with the work, I mean, you paid me $50 for this thing. Like what do you really expect in return when you're giving someone like such a little mm-hmm. amount of money? Um, yeah. But then, you know, getting back to your point about, you know, that episode, that's something that a lot of people fall into this trap and I think we all do. And I still, to this day, if like, Same. it's, it's a it's a symptom of imposter syndrome, and mm. it's really, it's really like the whole point of that episode was this subtle aspect of where you can you're, you're basically procrastinating by constantly learning, right? You have this, yeah, and you don't realize that like what's actually happening is that you're being driven and motivated by fear, because you're afraid that you don't know enough, and you're afraid you're afraid to actually put in the work and start doing something because like well I don't actually know what to do. Oh, so then I just need to learn more, right? And like where the learning actually happens is when you actually start putting these things into practice. And it's so tempting to buy more courses, buy more books, watch more YouTube videos, like just keep going deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole. Because it gives you a sense of like you're being productive. It's like, wow, I just read two books or wow, I just finished this course and now I'm starting another one. And look at all this stuff that I've done.
0: You get a shot of dopamine. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. In reality, uh, you're just getting a shot of brokenness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. I mean, you have
1: because you have no way of validating what you're actually learning. Yeah. You're just consuming all the time, but unless until you actually have some kind of output or you try and put into practice the thing, you're just taking in and nothing's mm-hmm. really coming out. And so you don't actually have any concept of what has stuck, you know, until you actually try to put something down. Yeah, I th- and I
0: think that's something that I'm currently struggling with at my job as a UX developer with Layer 1. Um, there is a specific platform that the company uses for certain clients called Sitecore. It's um, yep. supposed to be like the super enterprise level headless CMS system. And then they have like other products, um, one of them being like a site experience accelerator um and it's supposed to be intuitive a low code solution um yeah. it's so funny that you laugh i hope i hope you also went through the same pain that i did <laughs> no but
1: any time i hear something that's like enterprise level and it's supposed to be like super intuitive it's like enterprise and intuitive <laughs> or is a bit of an oxymoron that's n- yes. those two things can never be true <laughs>
0: yeah and um, basically there's a lot to learn but it is one of those platforms that feels like i'm gonna say it, it feels like scientology it's very secretive <laughs> right <Okay. laughs> it's super secretive it's like like you just you can't get a lot you don't have access to a lot of uh coherent um resources like most recent stuff mm-hmm. um some of the videos that tutorials that you'll find on youtube are from enthusiasts um and then they call themselves unofficial psychor tutorials i don't know what that is all about <laughs> and i wonder if it's because uh psychor probably harps on them for having uh just called psychor tutorials right um, mm-hmm. um and they're pretty helpful to an extent but there's so much to learn there's so many layers so many abstractions in the way just to get a component onto a page and so that so i feel the same way i feel the same i have been feeling the same way actually when it comes to like consuming tutorials and trying to apply it but i but because i i have this uh yeah I, I guess you can say this sense of fear of failing with this new technology, because we have to get s- some of this stuff out so we can demo. Um, it, it just doesn't feel natural to me. So I, I get frustrated or I go through some sense of burnout by the time mm-hmm. I'm actually grasping this and putting my fingers to the keys. So I, I definitely can relate to that. And it's still current to this day, which is really interesting. Now, Robert or Rob, it's okay I call you Rob? Yeah. Okay. Um, when it comes to this, uh, you know, us, this Code Fellowship being a Christ-centered podcast, right, mm-hmm. uh, for developers who identify as Christians and also we invite the non-secular uh, developers to come and join the conversations um, and just listen in. But do you, do you believe right that this sense this imposter syndrome um it's it's caused because of our inclination to sin like our our, our bodies our ourself we when we don't have christ first right and what we're doing we tend to do things out of this self uh emitting motion right or us. Uh, energy right to like produce something and then it doesn't come out the way we result And and the same thing when we're trying to learn something and an output based off of what we learn um i tend to pray every day every morning i ask i ask god to give me clarity to give me focus uh to give me grace and then that grace is shown uh amongst my peers when i'm working or learning something um but what's your what's your insight? Like, what did you experience when you were learning and, and still go through it time to time? Um, well, I would say, first off, I mean,
1: stating the obvious here, but as Christians, we believe that we live in a fallen world, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> so sin is one of those things that I think a lot of Christians, I know I didn't fully understand this, I don't think we fully really grasp or understand just how pernicious and how pervasive it actually is and how <clears throat> it affects literally everything um, about a specific person or about the human being, including our minds, <clears throat> including our wills, including the way that we think, including the decisions we make and the desires that we have. So I would hope that may seem a little bit obvious, but I think it's something that we often overlook. Like we think that the sin is like some kind of maybe some abstract thing, but we don't really realize um, just how much it affects us. I should also say that when he talks about sin in, in this topic in particular, I don't know if you want to go down this rabbit trail if you want to have, if you want to get into theology stuff, but um, <laughs> I identify as a Calvinist, so I'm a oh, Reformed. Okay. I'm a reformed Christian. So we have this doctrine of like total depravity. So we Calvinists and kind of like I tend, would tend, I would say to understand that a little bit because that's, that's a big one for us. Like we, Mm -hmm. we really um, emphasize the sovereignty of God above all things, but then also that like man is very depraved and in desperate need of God's grace. Um, But yeah, I would say uh for the when it comes to fear or really anything at all, I mean that's ultimately a result of the fall and yes, I would say it's a result of sin in the sense that anytime you have any kind of an, an anxiety that's really um you could ultimately trace that back to a lack of trusting in God. Mm-hmm. Right? It's a it's a lack of I think it's fair to say it's a lack of faith to a point. I mean, like none of us are perfect and none of us like sanctification is something that's progressive. It happens gradually over time and none of us are going to be fully sanctified until we're in glory. Mm -hmm. And we're all in various stages along that process. But whenever we have fear or anxieties or any of these types of things, it is ultimately, I think it's a way of God letting us know that's like, Hey, there's, there's work that needs to be done here. Right. And it's not Amen. just that he needs to do the work, but that both of us together, he and myself, like, I need to work on this. Like if I'm struggling with this thing, I need to be praying about it first and foremost, because I can't do it on my own. I right. can't just pull myself up by my own, like moral seeking, bootstraps. Seeking the kingdom first. Yeah, exactly. Always. And his righteousness. Yeah. 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 And recognizing that his his grace is sufficient. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, um i think it's we have to remind ourselves that god's grace is more profound than we could ever possibly understand or comprehend and it doesn't matter what sin or what issue we are struggling with like god's grace is greater and big enough to overcome that yeah and grace is almost like um a power in the sense that not in like not in the sense of like some weird new age energy or anything weird like that but like right he gives you the grace that you need to actually overcome these things like once and for all you know and maybe not all things in your life like i said we won't all
0: we won't overcome everything
1: until we're in glory and we're per- per- perfect but that will never we, happen
0: but as long as we are on this earth in this world the Bible talks about that God does not lead us to temptation, correct? but he it, uh, he helps us endure it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and he
1: and he always gives us a way out, right? Correct. Like, we're never tempted to the point of where we have to give in to that temptation. There's always an opportunity to choose the other way.
0: Yeah. Jesus was a really good escape artist. <laughs> That's what I heard uh, a preacher said one time, and it said he he knew when the time was right to you know be away from the crowd be in mm-hmm. prayer with the father be in communion with the father and um just devoting that time to god and then he knew when he needed to be public facing right uh preaching the gospel rebuking the people mm-hmm. um, and, and just continuing you know his ministry mm-hmm. and um it's really interesting how, like, you know, we, we try to do the same thing too, right? As, as developers, uh, and I'm going to try to circle this in, right, into as a developer and being a Christian, I've seen myself tend to be um, also kind of an escape artist, but for my own um, ambition or my own, um, what is it, desires, right? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm learning React, but then you got Next.js. Now I have to learn Next.js. Okay, cool, right? Like, uh, create React app is really like not the best ideal production-based application, right? To build on, like, I wanna I wanna learn the framework, but you have to start from the beginning so that you can understand what the framework is actually doing, and the mm-hmm. abstraction that is is either reducing or placing in front. Um, and 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 that takes time right devotion to study it's like a christian you know our devotion is the word of god it's Mm -hmm. prayer it's loving one another right our mission is to make disciples right and that the whole nation is able to hear all all nations are able to hear the gospel and the same thing with development right We learn something a certain way. We develop a certain strategy or a method, and we want the whole world to know about it. So we create tutorials. We get on podcasts, right? (laughs) Stuff like that, and that's why you have a job like a developer experience, uh, uh, yeah, a developer experience engineer or a developer advocate or DevRel, right? They all encompass the same thing right um they're just different fancy names for the payroll (laughs) (laughs) yeah pretty Uh, much basically and but what's interesting just like the gospel um the gospel is one right it doesn't change right at all and for some of these tech stacks too a lot of tech stacks don't change like their core like the core basis of, of what they're supposed to do. The only thing that gets added on are these abstractions that we either put onto them and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and, and that just shows the reality of like what we're trying to do as mankind, right? Just trying to progress forward. Uh, but when we're learning these things, yeah, we do need God. We need God to give us the wisdom, and the understanding the comprehension of the material but first and foremost we should always ask god for the wisdom understanding of godly things right correct so that we can be empowered to have wisdom discernment of all things right um i feel the holy spirit that was was, thank you lord (laughs) for that that's that's really good um if you don't know by now, I am—I'm not hyper charismatic. I'm charismatic, um, okay. so yeah. So it's—it's always—it's um, always really awesome when I encounter a Calvinist brother because I love my Calvinist counterpart. <laughs> 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 we may disagree in some areas, right? Yeah, but um, but I can't wait to be in the glory of the Father with my Calvinist brothers and sisters. You know? Likewise, yeah. man, <clears throat> yeah. I
1: came out of a. Uh, charismatic circles uh I've been there spoken tongues for years and all that wild yeah, stuff
0: Yeah and, and you know what's interesting is like I don't want to make this a theological thing either you know as a charismatic I have learned um what it is to be discerning of the gifts right of God mm-hmm. and and stuff like that and um I don't come from a background where you know we like the the apostles right Um, and stuff like that like you people like go to seminary and they call themselves apostles um, which is dangerous Um, yeah
1: there's no more of those anymore
0: yeah so like we can have a conversation outside but it's it's (laughs) really cool to be able to um connect right with other christians and that's the same way with the developer industry like you're always going to connect but the thing is the tech industry is so dark. It's very secular and, and there is a yep. podcast episode that I'm not sure if it'll come before this one or after this one where uh Jordan Powell, a good friend of yours, right? Yeah, uh, you guys work together at <laughs> Yeah, Jordan is the man. He uh worked with you at Cyprus. Um he yep. still is at Cyprus. Um yep. yeah, we had a really good conversation around like you know the secularism of the industry um mm-hmm. so i want to uh, just also nitpick on on that as well that we're going into that i know that in the original recording you know there were some decisions that because when i met you online you were working with cyprus um you know what? We don't have to go into further details, right? Uh, just protect all parties and stuff like that and have mm-hmm. an edifying conversation. But sure. then next thing you know, it's like, oh, he's with the company called Coherence. What is this? Right? <laughs> uh, I check it out. And so like I'm like looking through it and reading. I was like, huh, interesting. And then we got into that podcast episode, the original one. And you started talking about how... Um, talking about the same thing right like there is this discernment that uh has been instilled upon you and then you started to see that certain things just weren't working out the way that you expected and and you need to make that change um, right. how how was that experience like what how did you know right what was something that god placed in front of you as a sign or in your heart and as a conviction by the spirit that your time at Cyprus is over and that he had something better for you.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was a bit of a process, right? Like it's never, um, well, I shouldn't say never, but it's not typically like this one massive thing that just blows up or something. It's usually <clears throat> a whole series of events that take place over a course of period of time. Um, and speaking on the topic of discernment there's my I don't know if you've heard this quote. Do you know who Charles Spurgeon is? Yes,
0: one of my favorite. Yeah, he's the man,
1: right? Theologians. Um, yes, mine too. Um he has his definite I really love his definition of discernment, which his definition is discernment is not knowing the difference between right and wrong. Mm-hmm. It's knowing the difference between right and almost right. <laughs> and he's spot on with that because that's really what it is because discernment you know there's uh these things are often very subtle right. right and like when you're talking about the way that the enemy works and the way that um a lot of the craziness that's happening in our world uh,
0: divisiveness mm-hmm.
1: yeah and a lot of people manipulating language and all these things is there's always um a hint of truth in all of these things right like The devil doesn't show up to you as like this big scary monster just speaking blasphemy all the time. Like that's very true. The Bible describes him as an angel of light, Mm -hmm. right? He was an angel before he fell, so he knows the Bible. Yeah, better than you and I do. Like he's had thousands of years to read it. He knows it very well, but he doesn't believe a single word of it, Mm -hmm. right? But when he comes to you and when you're tempted by these things, he'll always say something that is tech, there will be truth involved in it but it'll be twisted right like right. if you go back to genesis chapter 3 the way that he twists god's word by saying did god really say did god really say that and it's like oh
0: i don't know if he really like you know what i'm saying so he just he just like inseminated doubt like, right, into right. You. and and that's why i love the example of like uh uh, Jesus, right, when he goes into, the, when he is guided to the wilderness um after fasting and, mm-hmm. and just how he rebukes the devil, right? Mm-hmm. How he rebukes right. Satan. And, and Satan is trying to use, trying to perverse, right? The, the truth that he knows that Jesus is God, mm-hmm. right? He mm-hmm. knows that Jesus is able to do all the things that he said he, he should do, right? But not in the. But Jesus is, is not. His purpose is not to do that, right? Mm-hmm. He, he put his divinity aside, right, so that he can be, uh, one with us and experience our life and be able to, give his life for us. So he's... Yeah, I mean,
1: I would, I would just, I would just phrase that a little differently. I wouldn't say he put it to the side. I would say that he was like fully god and fully man that no, he took of upon right yeah but when but yeah when he was um being tempted like you know satan was using scripture mm-hmm. right he was quoting the bible to him but the difference was he was taking that completely out of context, out of context. Yeah. right and so then christ refutes him with the bible in its proper context but the thing is is that if you don't know the context it's very easy to get manipulated. And this happens all the time with Christians. This is why you have cults. This is why you have all these strange things happening is because, for instance, the prosperity gospel, mm-hmm. very popular thing. You can very easily pluck a handful of verses out and say, God wants you to be healthy, wealthy, and to live a perfect life. And you know, if you just so <clears throat> give this minister a $1,000, God's going to bless you beyond imagine, whatever. Yeah, there's all these things that can be manipulated and take it out of context. But if you're not in the word yourself and studying it, it's very easy to get manipulated. And unfortunately, that's what happens, because a lot we suffer from tremendous biblical illiteracy, especially here in America. Oh, you know, big time. Yeah. Like I mean, we don't know our starting Bibles. to
0: know that more and more as I continue to grow in my faith and being a Hispanic. I can see the difference right between like uh, a hispanic christian and like an american english-speaking i and and then when you start to go deeper you can like set aside the races or the ethnicities and it's really based on the region where you're located Mm -hmm. right as well the culture right how the culture uh glorifies or honors god or like um when my daughter was born back in august i met a cuban lady and i invited uh she's like a nurse assistant um and my wife and i were talking to her and i invited her to our church um and she was saying that in cuba in cuba there is no perception of god there is no perception of a divine one because there's obviously you know um their abstraction uh, in their country is communism, right. right? And it's been like that for many, many years, right? History lesson. <laughs> um, but I was like, like, yeah, that's that is very true. Like, I don't know a single Cuban that says "God bless you" or uh, mm. "God willing," you know, off the bat after if they, unless they've been like mingling with other cultures, Hispanic cultures and um, found a church, right? And been uh, in fellowship. But I'm Puerto Rican and in Puerto Rico, the Roman Catholics, the Pentecostals, and you name it, right? Any type Mm -hmm. of uh, denomination, um, they're saying, you know, God bless you, uh, God willing, primero Dios, right? All these things in Spanish. um, uh, And and it's like, you could see that's actually engraved into the DNA of that culture. Mm -hmm. Um, and the same could be for like, uh, programming, right? There's, there's different things that gets enhanced or they, it gets engraved by, by the culture. So if you're in a workplace that's full of toxicity or divisiveness and stuff like that, your, your output as a developer is going to reflect that, um, Mm -hmm. And then just the career growth as well. So, a uh, tying back to what, uh, how do you got to coherence? So, how did God reveal that to you that you needed to to leave your previous um, work environment? Yeah, I mean,
1: <clears throat> the big one of the big things was basically <clears throat> like we've talked about. Um, tech is very is extremely secular, mm-hmm. and um, leans extremely far to the left. And there's a lot of things that tech companies um, are okay with and promote that are anti-Christ and anti-biblical. And that's a problem for me. Um, Mm. I don't expect I'm when I get a job at a tech company, like I'm very much well aware that I'm entering into the mission field. Right. Like I don't expect to be working with other believers. I was very fortunate, actually, at Cyprus to work with, like, three other very solid Christian guys on my team, which is amazing. Um, But the overwhelming majority of people that I work with are either agnostic or atheists or just not interested in religious matters whatsoever. Um, And that's fine. Like, we can get along and work. Like, we're here to do a job, right? We're not here to... Those yeah. are, those are matters we can talk about outside of work. Like when it comes to professional life, that's we can keep those things a little separate, mm-hmm. to a point. Um, but for me, um, basically, the company was making statements publicly and doing things that I felt like I couldn't stand behind. Because like when a company that I work for makes a public statement about something, mm-hmm. in a sense, like everyone who works for that company is being is represented. also. Correct, and so they were basically saying things online and promoting certain things. Um, that's not typical. That's not atypical to what every other tech company does, especially in comes to like LGBTQ issues, trans rights stuff, racial issues, all these kinds of things. Where I was just like, um, I don't really feel comfortable with a lot of this because the way I, the way I see it is like, when, if we come to work, we're here to work. Like, let's keep the politics to the side because none of that stuff has anything to do with the work that needs to get done. Like, I don't care who you're sleeping with. I don't care what you identify as. As a Christian, I absolutely care. But, like, when it comes to professional life, like, you need to be able to basically you need to be able to do this job. Like, are you a decent person? Can I trust you? And can you do the job that needs to get done? And if you can, great, I'll hire you. I don't care what you look like. I don't care how old you are. I don't care what your skin color is. I don't care what your sexual preferences or your pronouns. Like none of that stuff has any bearing on whether or not you can actually do the work, you know. Yeah. But these companies are constantly elevating all of these attributes and aspects of people that are completely unrelated to the work itself, and it became just way too um, too political. Yeah, so I started like,
0: I noticing that a lot within the last couple of years. And as I started diving in more into like looking for employment and stuff like that, and you can see it in their listings. Like they have all these different special groups and stuff like that. Right. It's kind of like, you know, mega churches when they have all these extra ministries <laughs> that have nothing to do with like the gospel. Yeah. Um, that's how it feels like, right? It's, it's just a, it's, it's just extra things on top of like what, we're here to do like if my job is um you know to to uh you know from from i guess i guess like as a UI UX developer right like the the, the job itself like the career role like we have to take in consideration the, the psychological physiological even the physical right how someone interacts with the specific component and stuff like that Um, But it doesn't necessarily mean that what I need to start producing or outputting has to cater to a political or religious agenda, right, Mm -hmm. of any sort, right? Because Mm -hmm. uh, based on what you're saying, right, I've experienced, like, people say, oh, well, you're a Christian, like, you know, you shouldn't be, like, um, you know, talking about Christ here or whatever. Like, I remember when I worked at Homeland Security and uh there was a gentleman he was like he loved the shirt that i was wearing um uh, so i have a couple christian shirts one was like jesus kind of a big deal and it had jesus like really big like the, the and then um i also like i've been a part of uh a men's ministry called mark men for christ so i had the the shirt has the jerusalem cross and then like just uh the different things within the men's group that that we would uh help say to each other and stuff like that or do um and it, it it just signifies like this is my profession of faith and i love to wear these things and it doesn't mean that hey when you come to me like i'm gonna like you know slap a, uh the bible <laughs> on your hand right <laughs> right Uh um, right. like i'm gonna have a conversation and you're gonna be loved and you're going to receive a conversation with someone who just doesn't live like the world right so yeah. a lot of so like i see like a fellow co-worker right they have um like the his so he was saying just be aware that they might tell you to take your shirt off and change your shirt yeah. and because they find it offensive or other people find it offensive and then like i told my wife and some of my friends from work i was like well it and and it's really interesting right because one of my coworkers they identify as like you know um like um uh, homosexual or whatever right um, mm-hmm. and stuff like that and then uh she even said I don't see anything wrong with it you're not offending me and I was like yeah and and it's interesting like because like I see other people wearing things that's offensive to the gospel right mm-hmm. um and I have to deal with it right? As, a, right? as a person. I have to deal with it because this is not the place. right? This is, this is a business. Right. It's a business. It's supposed to be a, a more neutral ground. If you want to have a conversation with somebody about Christ, that's up to them. Right. You could do that during lunchtime. That does. But that doesn't that shouldn't affect how you work. It shouldn't affect. I mean, it can. Right. Because I'm starting to see a lot of people there looking for employers that cater to some of these issues yes and mentally you shouldn't allow these issues to actually be a problem like um there could be some issues right there could be there's racism in many different areas there's discrimination there's judgment right of all Mm -hmm. different facets but i feel like the western culture is so asphyxiated on that so obsessed yeah Yeah. so like the companies that tech companies I've been noticing when I was applying, they have this a part of their description. They're yeah, like that. Shoot. I lived all my life. Puerto Rican kid look white. Like in Puerto Rico, you get discriminated if you look like you. Right? And you don't speak mm-hmm. a lick of Spanish. Right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it... it Or like you also... Like if you're from New York and you say you're Puerto Rican and you come to the island and you don't speak a lick of Spanish, like there's v- different variables of things. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I've the I, our identity should always be grounded in Christ okay. because at the end of the day, he's our creator. He's the one that makes the day. He allows us to wake up in the morning. He gives us the 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 resources that we need. Um, to to pay our bills to put gas in our car even if it's if you're broke right um, and like the world says down on your luck right in quotes um, <laughs> they're not superstitious but you know that's a common phrase that the world uses when something has been going bad to someone consistently and and then we just don't tend to see why right there's decisions we've made there's things we do That just don't coincide with how God wants us to live our life. So things are going to happen based off our consequences and God's Mm -hmm. sovereignty allows it to happen. So we draw near to him. Um, Wow, this conversation went like completely different, right? Um, And I think this is why God wanted us to record it because it's definitely different from what we were talking about uh, at the beginning. And I would love to have an episode just like this. But for those that are listening, you know, we're not, we're not saying this with judgment. We're actually saying this with love. We, if you, even, even if you identify as a Christian, there is no such thing as like a perfect Christian in your circle. We are all going to make mistakes, right? We're all going to make mistakes and we're all going through the sanctification process. And there's days where I'm not giving my best at work, right? Um, and there's days where I am. And I recognize, wow, like, how did I use up the time that God has gave me for the day, right? Mm-hmm. To do the work that's actually making a difference for tomorrow, right? And God uses that. He, he, glor- he gets glorified um, when we're able to accept that reality and work towards a change and seek him and just work with Christ to make the next day better. The next couple minutes better. Um, you know, like yesterday I was, uh, my wife's like, Hey, can you help? Uh, can you put the crib together for the baby? Cause she's getting big for her bassinet. And uh, we had Bible study yesterday and it was around the, around love. Right. And just about how um, if, if love is not a priority in your life, when you are like spending time with your family, like what is love, right? How can it be demonstrated? It can be demonstrated over time. It can be demonstrated, uh, with your presence, right? And, and stuff like that from, you know, from our perspective and, and then how, how can, where is Christ, right? Where in that, in the midst of that, um, and, how he is as an example and it was very convicting to me because i am trying to work to be more present for my family doing things that doesn't cause me to feel annoyed because mm. i want to do coding or i want to do things that are personal to me like selfish correct right. yeah um, join the club <laughs> <me steal> this <laughs> yeah so it was very convicting and then i it was cold it was cold, and then my wife sees that I'm in the closet. I take out uh, a light that I've got from that i had since I was in the military, and she's like, what are you doing? Uh, where are you going? I was like, and I was just playing with her, and I said, none of your beeswax. What do you want to know, right? And she's like, oh, well, go get me ice cream. Like, she thought I was going to the store. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, I'm not going out, out. I'm actually going to go get the, the crib from the shed and stuff like that. Just like, oh, wow. And God made a change in me that last night, just after the Bible study, and just trying to let go because I took work home and I wanted more time to do some work. And God just like, no, do this, right? Do what your wife asks you to do or requests mm. to do. That's how you mm. can demonstrate love, right? When you can put aside your personal uh selfish desires and take care of your family because their needs matter right before your own right that's why the, the bible says uh love your neighbor as you love yourself because god mm. knows that we have desires for our own and our wants right but if we can if we can nurture that stuff then we can also nurture our neighbor right uh, the same way but to glory <laughs> you know so so i you said you have a very similar experience um if you if you want to expand on that you can um but how is your experience now with coherence like um now that you're in a different company now that you've kind of you know washed the palette right mm-hmm. and you're in a new environment how's it been, and what do you do? yeah, it's been going really well we're um
1: so Super early stage startup. I'm the sixth employee there, but really, there's four employees. There's two founders, which
0: exclude the founders. Yeah, the (laughs) founders. So there's
1: only four of us. Um, So as you can imagine, we all have to wear a bunch of different hats. Like we all have different roles, but we all kind of have to do a bunch of different things. And like in my role as DX, I do a whole bunch of different things. Um, But it's been going really well. Um, it, cause it's in, it's in the DevOps space, which is a space I haven't really worked in, but I've wanted to work in. Um, cause there's a lot of activity in that space right now as yeah, a, a, yeah, a lot of like innovation is interesting space. Um, so I've been doing a lot of documentation writing, which they've needed. Um, I mean, basically what I do is I don't write a whole lot of code so much anymore, but that's kind of intentional. Um, I kind of wanted to get away from it just a little bit, uh, even though I still really love it and enjoy it, but I'm doing, I'm, I'm still solving problems, right? So need a bunch of documentation, solve that. So if you need education materials and videos and tutorials and stuff, I create that. And now we're trying to grow the company and acquire more customers and users. So I'm having to learn some more marketing kind of skills and things like that and creating content to hopefully try and like get the word out and bring people in. So I like what I'm doing because I never, it never gets really boring or dull to me. And when I kind of get sick and tired of doing something after a little while, something different comes along. So I'm like constantly, I'm
0: the the same way I need. Yeah. I need a, I need variety. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I get bored easily, which isn't, Mm -hmm. I haven't figured out how to get around that.
0: (laughs) I'm going to share the screen real quick here. Um, I like the Coherence website. It's pretty cool. Might be a Thanks. little, uh, what is it? A little stuttery. It's Riverside, but um, yeah, this is the website. It's Coherence. Um, so it's a DevOps platform. And I see you have like Google Cloud and AWS. And I know that, and it says your infrastructure. So uh, they are basically agnostic, right? Like it's a agnostic DevOps platform but right now you guys support AWS and Google Cloud. Correct. Yeah. So, I mean, we're
1: still working on the messaging because we are struggled with that because mm-hmm. um, it kind of does a lot of different things rather than like one very narrow specific thing. It's so much easier to talk about one thing rather than a bunch of things, but you can basically think of uh, coherence and what we do as you can think if it's Vercel for full stack applications, but in your own cloud provider. So we don't actually host anything for you. Our software runs in either AWS or Google Cloud for now. We'll expand to other providers eventually. And it's one dashboard that allows you to do like your entire software development lifecycle. So Cloud IDE, so you can do all your development there. It does all your infrastructure um, for preview environments, for staging, for production, it's all automated. Like Mm. CI, CD stuff is all automated and deploying to production is just like a single click away. So it's kind of like this platform that allows you to do everything. It provides all the tools, all the infrastructure, everything you need to do, everything from writing code to shipping to production.
0: Cool. Yeah, I really like how some of these are very in-depth. Like, hey, how to get free AWS credits, right? (laughs) Yeah. Um, and I like how it talks about the free tier and then like the startup I uh, like this is this brings a lot of value to developers right? even to startups with developers. Mm-hmm. Uh, how to migrate your ancient Ruby on Rails application, uh, your to do list app, I'm sure. <laughs> right. <laughs> your Twitter, your Twitter clone,
1: Ruby on Rails app. Yeah.
0: Or your Facebook clone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah really, really cool here. Even like the customizing the workspace and VS Code and stuff like that, really, really good. Uh, so nice. some of these you've written uh, or put together details, okay? Yeah, yep.
1: Been very busy the past few months writing a lot of stuff.
0: Yeah, and this is on dark mode because my computer's on dark mode. But this is what it looks like on light mode. I think this looks better. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, so too. I like the color scheme. Yeah, we have a
1: really uh talented like UI UX designer. Kid's nasty. And he like not only knows how to design stuff, but he like taught himself how to code too so he can implement nice. all his own designs. So Yeah, really yeah cool. he's a bit of a unicorn that kid. So
0: yeah, unicorns are very hard to find.
1: Yeah, right. I know we're we're lucky. George is a
0: very talented man yeah and you also have your own website called how to code because you have your own podcast talk a little bit about that so you're doing some really great stuff on coherence and i'm sure we can do a workshop on this over on the code fellowship community so this is a open invitation for you to join us at the code fellowship uh, discord community i've actually revamped and restructured how it goes and uh, we are using the new feature by Discord. It's like the forums uh, feature. I would love for us to build a knowledge base of like tools and things that we do since mm-hmm. we're all working with different tools, right? Um, so link will be in the show notes. If you're watching on YouTube, it will be in the video description. Um, so head on over there. And when a workshop happens, I'm sure we'll we'll get to this. This was this is really cool. I definitely would love uh, to set up a workshop with you, Robert, at some point. Yeah, man. We'd love to do it. Awesome. So um how to code. So this is a podcast that you put together, right? And a website to help other uh developers or people transitioning into the space that are curious. So how how'd you come about this? Like was it out of a need where you wanted to place all your resources, or you just felt moved and compelled to share your story and frustrations and make it easier for other people? Um, so
1: it's something that I've been working on. Like so the how to code website I started back in I think twenty fifteen, so it's been a while. Also oh, this there's several
0: started... iterations, huh?
1: Yeah, like countless, like it's, it's changed a lot. And Is it I'm, the same I'm, domain? Yeah, the domain's been the same, but the website has been like if you went like the Wayback Machine. That's yeah, it. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, it should go back to sometime in 2015. Uh, I actually never thought of doing this. So I should do that on my own too, just for like nostalgia reasons. But yeah, I started it shortly after I got my first job, um, teaching myself. Because uh, basically, what happened is once people started realizing and learning that I had taught myself how to code, a lot of people had were starting to ask me, both friends and people in like who I knew in person, and also people online. Of, well, like, what courses did you take? What books did you read? How did you do it? Da 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 da. And so, I kind of just got sick and tired of answering these questions, and so I just put up a simple website. Uh, this is not my website. I don't. I 2015. Maybe someone. Uh, I'm maybe like the domain expired <laughs> and when I got it, but that's definitely yeah. This is the first. This is the first so, version. So uh,
0: 2017. Seventeen. Okay. Uh, let's go to sixteen. Let's see. No, it died.
1: <laughs> <laughs> maybe it was seventeen. Uh, that's the very first one. I know that's the very
0: first um version of it it seems like 17
1: okay yeah so i basically tried to to create like a curriculum of where i would teach people how to learn web development by piecing together all these like free resources that are are available like you should read this book first then this take this udemy course watch this video and i kind of walk through the whole thing so that's how it started and then over time it's been a bunch of different things but it's always just been like something that i've done to
0: Oh, look help. at a young Robert guy <laughs> guys
1: yeah went ahead long hair
0: <laughs> it looked uh, like Scott's staff over here from Creed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's
1: awesome uh yeah so it's just became um, a way for me to help other people and it's just kind of grown from there and then I started the uh um I started the podcast fairly recently I think I've only done 11 episodes or so uh yeah I learned a lot from that dude yeah um yeah I started the podcast because basically I have two small children now and I have a third one on the way and I don't have thank you I don't have a ton of time to like be creating a bunch of content and because I literally create content full-time during my day job um I didn't want to come home and then create even more content. I got just a little much. So (laughs) I figured I can at least, you know, I can take an hour and talk into a microphone, 30 minutes, whatever. And so that's kind of how the podcast was born, just to keep giving back. You know, because one of my things with, uh, as a developer, like I've benefited so much. I mean, we all have from open source. And I wouldn't be where I am today if like all these people had not created all these tools and languages and frameworks and resources and just give them all away for free. And so I kind of feel like it's my way of giving back to the community and helping other people and kind of like paying it forward, you know? So, and I'm passionate about it. Like I love teaching. I love helping other people, you know? So,
0: yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And I'm really excited that you joined the uh, discord community as well for code fellowship. Uh, looking forward to seeing some of your, um, your wisdom there. Um, Yeah, and just helping other developers uh, that are just, like, junior or uh, in the middle of their career uh, growth and stuff like that. I I think that's going to be really, really awesome. Um, I know that there is a gentleman that uh, just recently joined. His name is Michael Duran. He works for USAA um, uh, through, like, one of the, like, a staffing agency, like, one of those tech agencies. Mm -hmm. And he really enjoys his job. But things are changing. Um, and there is a channel within the discord community called iron sharpens iron. And that's where like all the prayer requests and everything, uh, will live there. Um, so for those that are listening, if you're listening, Michael, you know, we're praying for you. We're going to be praying for you as well. For those that haven't started, um, he is going to be going back to a boot camp and a so that he can learn back in, cause there is, um, a specific stack that they use at usaa and he has kids he has a family he's also mm-hmm. a man of god um so he's just preparing a way and it's really awesome to see right like how god can show you kind of the parent parent panorama of what's ahead right when you're obedient to him and even when you ask in specific uh and he starts to guide your steps right so like you can plan your ways but the lord always uh, guides your steps and mm-hmm. um proverbs sixteen nine 16 it's like one of my favorite proverbs uh these past couple months because uh when i got laid off and i had to end up working for fedex ground while trying to look for another tech job but this time as a developer uncertainty filled my life uh drastically mm-hmm. and you know i have bills i have kids uh, wife is pregnant um, mm. So it's stuff like that, you know, but it's it's super awesome that as Christians, we can still work in a secular environment. You know, uh, that's it's a it's a blessing and a curse sometimes. <laughs> uh, but it, it is a blessing when we are able to do good work in a secular environment. So I'm really happy that you're at a company right now where um, the work that you want to output is what matters. And I hope it stays like that um thank you i know it i know it's i know it's a startup so it's the work is gonna matter (laughs) uh but as the company grows with growth there's comes a lot of logistical problems um Mm -hmm. i can i can also testify about um similar thing that where you kind of work where you worked at previously where you had you were blessed to be able to have some peers uh, of the faith as well and and my job was really interesting because i didn't expect right i didn't expect to go to a job and like uh you know there'd be like a lot of um you know uh, what is it influences right that just doesn't matter uh when it comes to the work that's being done and that's why i really love my organization a lot of those influences actually i don't even see them come through the door what matters is the client the work that we're producing innovation that we want to Uh, produce how we're going to take layer one to the next step um and what's but what's really awesome is that god uh blessed me at a job where there was already a fellow brother in christ uh in the organization then the day that i started i found out that another brother in christ started the same day and then just recently i found out two other brothers that recently started um we're brothers in christ as well and it's like wow like what is god doing right what is god doing and i i pray and i hope that what god is doing um is making the company not only successful but uh innovative right? continuously continuously mm. innovating as the times changes with the, the technologies that that we are are using uh, but it's, it's really, really awesome. We're at the top of the hour here. Um, I know we kind of talked about, you know, the, we can talk about your testimony and stuff. If, um, like how has, uh, your life been impacted by Christ? Like, give us that, give us that sales pitch testimony, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> i know last episode literally it's almost a full length and it's really awesome and I, i'm gonna do snippets right this is really important stuff to take out of that um mm-hmm. and share if if it's okay with you um yeah but yeah if you want to talk a little bit about how you came to christ um because i know in that episode you said you 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 came from a broken home, so it really affected uh, your life decisions. And then you just had this kind of like this um, Paul-like experience in your life uh, with Christ. So if you want to encompass us with your testimony, I would love that so that we can encourage others.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I grew up in uh, South Florida. And my parents got divorced when I was eight years old, started to live with my mom. And then my dad fell in love with another woman when I was 10. Um, She lived in Massachusetts, and so he left to go be with her. And so it was just the three of us. And like when my dad left, as you can imagine, I took it pretty hard because I was only 10 years old. Kind of a lot to process as a basically a young, really young kid. And that led to me. I became an atheist that same year when I was ten. I was going to, I went to Catholic schooling for like twelve years, so first grade all the way through high school. And I, uh, yeah, I turned my back on God when I was ten because of what my father did. That led to me making a whole lot of really terrible decisions and like starting to drink and do drugs when I was thirteen. It got worse and worse until, um. like, end of high school, I got kicked out of my house from my mom for doing drugs, and I was just a real jerk. I would have kicked myself out, too, in hindsight. I was a terrible son, treated her terribly. Um, yeah, got kicked out of my house, Started and then drug use got even worse from there. And then, yeah, I, radic- I got radically saved when I was 20 years old one day. Um, that's what I shared uh, more in detail in the last episode. Uh, but basically like I wasn't looking for God. I didn't want anything to do with them. And he just kind of radically showed up one day, made himself known to me. And I completely turned my life around. Well, I didn't turn it around. He turned my life around. And that was when I was 20 years old and I'm, I'm 37 now. So I've been a Christian now for 17 years. And, um, I mean, literally my life is like a walking miracle i like i don't think i would have been alive at this point i probably would have overdosed or i would have ended up in prison because i was also like selling drugs to support my drug habit Mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean ever since then i mean my life has just been pretty amazing um he has been so kind and gracious to me i mean i could tell you story after story of like how i even got into college is a miracle how i met my wife is a miracle and i've got three kids or two kids and a third on the way and um yeah i mean christ is everything to me so
0: amen yeah that's that's awesome to hear and i i just had a great idea um i do have this service that I, i already paid for for the year called streamable so what I'll do is I will um create a dedicated uh place where you guys can watch that portion of the testimony and listen to it. Um I think it's a, it's a really profound testimony. Uh it has some funny parts of just how cuz God has humor, right? Mm-hmm. And God is when God wants us in in his fold, he he definitely he has humor like the way he guides us to him um and i i really i really enjoy the part with like the piano uh, recital (laughs) I was like that's crazy right (laughs) yeah Yeah. um so yeah gonna definitely do that i think it's a really good story to tell and that's why i said you know before we went live like i'm gonna keep it in the archives There's, there's there's a lot to share from there um, and the fact that you look like a Beatles, uh, <laughs> album or like low key photography. <laughs> yeah, sorry <laughs> about the lighting. I didn't have my lights on at the time. Yeah. I forgot how
1: early the sun sets over here. I yeah. forgot that you're, that was recent too.
0: The time change recently. doing that. Time. I know,
1: I know. That's why I forgot.
0: <laughs> yeah. But, um, it's, it's been really awesome episode and it's a one of a kind episode, uh, for sure um i've had probably during the time of this video probably will have already um three developers have been on the podcast that identify um as uh of the faith and practice their faith and um it's it's really cool to just be able to start adding that on but god has been adding the right ones on which is really awesome um it, it's something that i was talking to someone today it's like i don't i don't know where th- this is going right like like all i know is that i have an ambition desire to to build a platform to just build this community because there is no other community like this that's uh that exists right now um mm. and we need it more than ever you know um, it's a um I'm so many ums i'm thirsty <laughs> um there we go again. <laughs> I I've been wanting to find a community where you are a developer of any level, but you're also of the faith, and you can encourage each other when things are not going a certain way, or um, if you are looking for um, new opportunities, um, then you could still you know network with people. In, in both ways and just be in fellowship right a place where because i know there's, there's people just like yourself right they a lot of the the uh antichrist things that are happening in the world all the secularism it takes a toll uh yep. on a lot of christians not yep. all not saying that you don't have a thick skin right um but there are some christians that are more sensible to those things right and they would rather be in fellowship and in communion with other brothers and sisters. And that's what I want co-fellowship to be. Also give light to the stories of how God has been using technology to uh, provide a better life uh, for people. And even like the secular guests, right? If they come to the point where they come to Jesus, it's a perfect way to be like, wow, here's where you are. And then you become a guest again. And it's like, (laughs) life-changing <laughs> mm-hmm. right and that that would be awesome to have documented uh for those kinds of moments uh if god gives us life you know i uh, moving forward but thank you so much brother for being on the podcast i'm um, Thanks for having me. We had some really deep conversations and I hope it doesn't get us canceled. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't care if it does. <laughs> I don't care either <laughs> because I, I I know how to host my own content somewhere else. But um, the point of Code Fellowship is is really for, for us to give glory to God and the things that we do with technology and how we use technology for ethical things um in ethical ways and also discover tools that we can use right in our daily uh professional lives as well um so thank you brother so much for being on a podcast is there anything that you would love to leave behind as a breadcrumb now that you kind of know what that is um for the the people that are watching or listening uh yeah i i
1: This may be the same thing I said last time. I don't remember, but I've been very, personally, I've been very um, interested. I've been researching and reading a lot about this whole concept of um, having a biblical worldview. Mm -hmm. And I, so I've been reading a lot of books and it's just been something that's in my mind a lot since, I don't know, the past couple of years or so. And I think that basically just what I would like to share with anyone out there who is a follower of Jesus That it's super important that not only are we in our Bibles all the time and really taking the time to study them and to know God's Word intimately and deeply on a consistent, regular basis, but we touched on this a little bit in this episode, but like we tend to think that um, we have like this dualism in the sense that like we do Christian things over here, Mm -hmm. like Christian. Christianity is something we do in the privacy of our own homes and on Sundays. And then like we don't we don't bring that into any other facet of our lives. And that's that's really scary and we need to stop doing that. Because ultimately Jesus said that if you, you know, are familiar with the Great Commission, he says in I think it's Matthew twenty eight, the last chapter of Matthew, where he says, All authority on heaven in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So he currently reigns on over all things. So it's important that as followers of Christ that we take his teachings and the things that he's shown us and the words that he's given to us, and we take that into our schools. We take that into our workplace. We take that into um, our you know uh, child's teachers classroom, into every facet and fabric of our society, of our family life, of our friendships, of our relationships. Christ is reigning over all of those things. And it's important that we as Christians, especially now because things are getting particularly dark, is that we're called to be the salt and light of this world, mm-hmm. right? So we shouldn't be discouraged, first of all, no matter how dark and scary it looks out there, because Jesus said that we should fear not, for he has overcome the world. Amen. Like he Christ defeated death on the cross. The worst thing that can happen to you in this life is someone can take all your stuff, and someone could take your life. But you win when you're a Christian, right? Mm-hmm. Like we have eternal life; we get to spend eternity in, with Christ forever in glory. And so we don't really have anything to really be afraid of because we, even if someone does take our own lives, we win. Like, well, that's like the best part. Like, when, yeah. like where we're heading is like going to be incredible.
0: The Bible says uh, to die is gain. Uh, exactly even the song too <laughs> yeah
1: exactly so I guess I would just encourage people to not only get in their Bibles and really read it but then be thinking about how how what Christ has taught us and how what how the Bible impacts every area and aspect of our lives and not just do Christianity in the privacy of our homes and in Bible studies and like on Sunday mornings but be a Christian every single where you go even when you're buying groceries or you're picking up dry cleaning or you're dropping your kids off at school, you know, because you just never know how God is going to use you. And another thing real quickly about that is that, you know, I think it's First um, Peter 3.15 where it talks about you should always be prepared to give an answer for the hope that lies within you. Mm-hmm. Right. You should always be prepared to share the gospel with someone, you know. And a lot of Christians, surprisingly, it's kind of scary. If you ask them what the gospel is, they'll say, like, they don't actually know. Or they'll give an answer, like, oh, you know, like, you just got to love Jesus. and But, like, that's not actually the gospel. Um, and so just, I know that's kind of a lot, but just really thinking about taking, taking your faith seriously and taking it into every as- aspect and area of your life, because it's an all-encompassing thing. Christianity is not something we do in isolation. Jesus said you must be willing to take up your cross to follow me. Mm -hmm. That's a heavy statement. Like we may not fully get that on the 2000 years later, but to like a first century Christian, they knew exactly what he was talking about. He's saying literally be willing to get crucified to come follow me. And we have to be willing to do things. We have to like be willing to give everything to him. It's not like we can just do a little bit or yeah, I'll just give you a little bit of money over here and I'll, I'll volunteer a little bit over here. I'll do some Christian things sometimes like, Jesus is an all-or-nothing kind of savior because, well, look what he did; he gave up. Look what he gave up for us, right?
0: Yeah. So Yeah, I totally agree with you, and and receive all that with with grace and love and and just uh, encouragement. It, it is really encouraging, um, even if you know as Christians, if you're a Christian developer, um, even if you feel the same way it's always good to hear it from someone else as well that has is living it is uh with you as well it doesn't matter what walk of life um you could be across the other uh portion of the world and mm-hmm. getting persecuted more than we are here in the states um because like you said right there's a big difference uh in the understanding of what it means to pick up the cross and follow jesus compared to like the first century Christian, the early church, uh, they they were martyred like crazy. Right. It was a very evil, dark time. And we live a very evil, dark time now, but it's very different. But God's sovereignty and, and his, his grace and uh, his providence, everything that God is, has uh, got us to a point where we don't have to go through those types of severe persecutions every day. It happens in some way. But not necessarily like the the early church, and that's mm. a good example to 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 think about um one thing I remember that uh would um would uh like my father in law who's also my pastor when times were getting really tough um he he would say just to to uh think about the cross right think about what god endured right when his Mm. son was being crucified and then what christ endured right Mm. while he was giving his life and that the pain and suffering that he went through is nothing compared to what we feel right so he so he understands uh our burdens and we've been relieved to not feel that same pain and it's just Mm. a it's a true blessing right it really is a true blessing even though the world is getting darker but Like you said, we are the light and the saw of the earth and and we are we see things from a different lens, completely different lens Um, from when we code to like when we stop coding and take care of our families and try to be more present um, to, you know, how we receive a promotion or a bonus. Right. What we do with God's wealth in our life. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, there is a prosperity gospel and, and it's it's really bad. But I also believe God uses some of those bad things, right, for some people to know who he is. And then they end up leaving, right? And they know the actual truth. right. So sometimes it's just that seed, right, that gets mm-hmm. planted is enough. It's enough. And I hope that this podcast can do the same, right? Even if you don't agree with what we're saying, even if, um, you know, uh, you feel some sense of hatred if you're a non-secondary. If you're a secular uh, listener or viewer, just know that we love you and Christ loves you and he He wants you to come to repentance and he wants you to be a part of this community so that you may feel that love that the world says they give. But in reality, there's a lot of agendas out there that are just trying to do it so that they look good in the public mm. eye. We shouldn't do it for the public eyes affirmation we should do it for the love and affirmation that god gives us in return mm-hmm. all right guys well thank you so much for listening um this has been a very powerful conversation and i hope that you guys have been blessed with it um i look forward to having more guests just like robert uh, they're very passionate about their faith but also the work that they're doing for the tech community um again this is one of the this is like the epic the climax of what this community is, is going to be and i want it to be god willing and also the podcast uh we have some really great episodes coming up or if they've already came up before this uh who knows i hope you guys are really enjoying the content uh, be sure to subscribe to the channel if you're listening to this and watching it on youtube uh, we're also on spotify google apple um And we look forward to uh, hearing from you guys on our new website that's coming soon if it has not been released uh, since uh, the launch of this episode. Thank you guys so much for uh, tuning in. And this is the Code Fellowship Podcast with Purpose Meets Function. God bless.